Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Mackie and Judd Show, powered by Federated Mutual Insurance Company. We're going to talk about all the big moves the Twins have been making on this Twins Tuesday today. It's going to be very exciting. We have another episode of Dex Reviews and maybe a revenge game, air quotes, revenge game last night for a former Timberwolf. Federated has been helping business owners in the Twin Cities for over 100 years based in Owatonna, Minnesota, and they are now launching... My Shield, the online destination for risk management resources. Think about this as a business owner. How helpful would it be for you to have your employee training all at your fingertips, industry resources that can help your business reach another level of success? Think about the things that your employees may use, company vehicles, ladders, other things that involve risk that you may want to have a plan or a policy in place for. That's where My Shield comes in with resources to help your business. To find out more, go to federatedinsurance.com or download the app. And you can also uh, find contact information for your Federated Insurance Marketing Representative. At Federated, it's our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Is it just different for you now? in year eight as a vet now with the team with so many other vets around you? Um, For sure it's different because everything here is organized. You know, you you know what you're doing every night. You know where you're, where you're getting stuff into. You know your the minutes you're going to play. You know your rotation. And there's been, there was a couple years like that in Minnesota where everything was, you know, you know everything. I was with Coach Tibbs. He was very, Tibbs was very organized. He, um, and you, Tibbs is very, very clear. You know, he's mm. very straightforward. You know, that's one thing they do here. They're very straightforward. They're not going to sugarcoat nothing. There's no, there's no trick questions. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's good. Huh. Wow. Seems like he forgot to mention a certain coach that was also coaching him. He well, shouted out Tibbs. I feel like, he, I feel like he just cast shade upon both Saunders. Yeah. Like, who were his coaches here? So he, he said, you know, Tom Thibodeau was organized. That guy was awesome. But then he didn't name Ryan. He didn't name Flip. Mm-mm. Sam Mitchell was his coach for a minute. Boys, a lot of shade there. Mm-hmm. This is the most predictable, lazy answer from a guy who doesn't care about his craft and is now perfectly situated where he should be. As Jim Pete said on the FSN telecast last night, Andrew, as a supporting player, is happy and he's Fine, he's pretty good, right? But when he is asked to 
carry the mail, when he's asked to be the guy, he fails. And what else does he always have, you guys? He always has a reason why he failed. Be, but it's got to be quick because he's got got to get home and play his video games and do whatever else he does at home. Why are you so anti-video game yeah, all the time? And, and, and all the other activities. Yeah, you don't, Just because you don't like yeah. games doesn't mean just you have you don't to like be all negative toward Andrew Wiggins. Playing video games and, and other, other stuff. Because, because I'm not anti-activities if you apply yourself in the activity that you're supposed to oh. and don't make up excuses for why you failed. Last night's that press conference was as predictable as possible. A series of sideways shots from Wiggy, which my favorite part. They're not even sideways. Like he's just like ripping the. But my favorite part, <laughs> my favorite part, and so him was to credit the one guy that he knows. I mean, that's it. It's just all BS. But I love how he like absolves Tibbs. Like he absolves Tibbs and, and essentially then throws the Saunders is 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 so both of them plural under the bus. Yeah, he throws Gerson, who I think he was. I think the trick questions was a Gerson shot. But anyway, my God! So I all like right. everything that you couldn't stand about him is what he did there, Phil. This may surprise you, but I actually have a different. I have a different thought on this. I and I think. It's it's not a full disagreement with you, but it's I definitely disagree. Like you listen to that clip and you think, oh my god, Andrew, like, dude, like what revision? It sounds like you're saying what revisionist history to like blame the system and coaches around you I'm, when the correct response is I'm a better fit here because I don't have to do as much. Okay, that's that's his that's what the response yep. should be. I don't I didn't like being a star. I just want to be paid like one. And by the way, he went for twenty three six rebounds. 23.6 rebounds, three blocks, three steals against the Wolves last night. The Wolves without Cat, without without D'Lo. I mean, the storyline this week would have been even well, juicier if D'Lo was playing because um, then we could get a, a comparison. I've but. got some thoughts on that, but go ahead. Sure. So so first off, anyone thumping their chests over Wiggins' performance this season? And by the way, we have a YouTube channel. Uh, we have two YouTube channels, Purple Daily Podcast and Score North MN. And the most, the most and the, the Score North channel we just launched recently – and we and we uh, we're, we're posting basically daily videos there. So if you want to check us out and see our ugly faces, is it fair to say, Declan, that the most popular video that we've posted so far, and I say popular in air quotes, the most the most uh, engaging video so far is us ripping Andrew Wiggins for having like five good games to start the season. Yes, and Warriors fans found that video. Yep, and just like have gone into the comment section, they think we're idiots, which we are <laughs> clearly. Um, so that's, so the jumping off point is like all these warrior fans thumping their chests over Wiggins performance this season. Like he's, he's been unlocked. He's been unleashed. This is the Wiggins that, all right, you guys are paying max money to a role player for one. So let's get that straight. The expectation when he was in Minnesota wasn't that he would settle in as like the fourth guy who blocks a couple shots and we celebrate every time he scores 20. His time in Minnesota was. He's supposed to be the dude who carries the franchise, right? So so let's start with that and that the 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 bar for which we analyzed him for five years here and the bar for which Golden State is analyzing him is yeah. a different bar. Yeah. Their bar is can he block a couple of shots and score some points and stand in the corner and hit some threes and like be a productive role player? They've got Steph Curry to lead the way. 
Yeah, and then Draymond is a leader, and Clay, they're not hurting for alphas, right? So, so that aside, and this is where I I differ in my interpretation of of what I watched. I think the Wolves should be hammered for the way that Wiggins has been playing this year because they had Wiggins for six seasons, in which he was legitimately, statistically one of the worst players in the NBA. And people are going to say, "What do you mean he scored twenty points? He scored twenty points because they kept running him out there for like forty minutes a night." He was, from an efficiency standpoint, win shares, player efficiency rating, any anything that would measure your efficiency over the course of an NBA game and season, he was legitimately one of the worst players in the NBA. <laughs> he goes to the Warriors for like five minutes, and he's now this quality role player that you can rely on yeah. to get some stops, all right? Yeah. That is a huge yet unsurprising indictment of the Minnesota Timberwolves that he becomes a credible role player the minute he yes. goes to a competent organization. And you are, we do not disagree one bit on that point. What I'm saying is the reality for Andrew should be to say exactly that, which is, I don't have to do much here. He this is did, great. Though, he's like, well, they have great structures here. So, right, I mean, right. But just, <laughs> but, just, but just admit I was a disappointment. I, disapp- <laughs> I, was, I, I got a max contract and robbed you. Like he is, he is robbing Golden State financially. But if you, if he didn't make as much, then he's fine, right? You know, you know, Glenn. In that conversation, Glenn had with him in terms of the money that he's that he robbed from Minnesota. Glenn really, Glenn sat down and said, "I'm going to look you in the eye. I want you to tell me, eye contact, face to face, that you're worth this money." He should have done that, but with like role player in mind instead of thirty million. How about? 12 well, that's right. He should have for, to be a role yes, player. They should have told him, "We will pay you X amount and not a dollar more because that's what you are." Uh, but by the way, I didn't look this up. Statistically, was our guy great with Tibbs? Like st- since no. Tibbs, since Tibbs no, was the no. same. But I mean, since no. Tibbs was, he's, he's since terrible. Tibbs was Arbach or you know Wooden, <laughs> I want to know like the stats. Tibbs must have been clamoring yeah. to get this guy for the Knicks because he was so good with Tibbs, according to him, because the structure was there. Wiggs makes it sound like it was a Phil Jackson Kobe partnership. Yes. You know, I was me and Tibbs were tight, were thick as thieves, and then they canned his ass, and now I was stuck with this kid who didn't know what he was doing with me. Oh my god! Oh boy. Uh, the the other thing too, like just to lump both these guys into the same discussion here, the other thing that happened last night in a sixteen point loss, granted. Zach Levine had his eighth 30-point game of the season. His eighth 30-point game of the season. He scored 30 points last night on 11 of 19 shooting, 6 of 10 from 3. They did lose by 16 to the Celtics. And so, like, you know, in terms of the indictment on the Wolves, Zach Levine going off, having a career season. Wiggins, you could say, is having a career season in terms of just being an efficient, quality role player. Low bar. Jimmy Butler... You know, in the bubble four months ago, almost single-handedly won the NBA Finals for a shorthanded Heat team. And I think what frustrates me the most is, like, I am frustrated in the way that you are, that and Andrew always has, like, a reason for why he never has become what people thought he would. But my biggest frustration today is that you get these talented dudes in your ecosystem, Wiggins, Levine, Butler, and they all short-circuit and fail in your ecosystem. And then the minute they go somewhere else, it took Levine a minute because he tore his knee. But, like, once he got healthy. And the, Butler, too. The, but the minute they go somewhere else, it's like, boom, takeoff. They get to another but level in their career. he had to go career. to Philly and then to the Heat. Okay, like, so, like so he had a to pit put stop. A, but he had to get the team that he 
saw as being his team or but, his but, ideal But team. my main point is, like, the Wolves have zero chance, zero chance to maximize. And this includes Kevin Garnett, by the way, because Kevin Garnett had to go somewhere else to maximize his talent as a champion. In 30 years, they bring these dudes in, and they have zero chance to see their peak potential through. And that pisses me off. So I'm I'm mad at Wiggins too for just being like, well, oh, I'm not, like I'm not Tim's mad. Great. I just want the truth. And and I do think <laughs> I do think that in the case of you Levine, can't handle the truth. You can't handle the truth. That's, that's the good. that's the sad thing is I can because it's the Wolves. Uh, in, in the case of Levine, I think if he had stayed here, he, he would have developed very well. Unfortunately, with Andrew, I don't think that that was the case. And I do think in Golden State he'll decline. I just don't think he cares enough. You, I mean, I never I, saw. I, don't know. I think I think this is who I think I think we're seeing what he's capable of, which is not leading a team. I have a weird. I, I don't I, think he declines off this. I, I have, think they've got him to stop taking some of these idiot shots that he took in Minnesota. I have a weird years. feeling though. He's so disengaged and he's so and he doesn't really like basketball. I, I got a weird feeling that he's look. He he can be a role player who is effective, and he can stuff the stat sheet at times. So I'm not going to be shocked if the stats continue. But I think as far as this whole thing of, oh, man, have they unlocked? They're, they're, he's unlocked, okay? he There's nothing in the house. There's no furniture. <laughs> there's no food. That's him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's maddening. And here, and here is the most frightening thing to me, and because I watched that entire game last night. The most frightening thing to me about this is, and it's clearly with, without Cat playing, so it might change then, Phil. But. I can't tell you, and they lost by 16. And and as much as God bless him, Dave Benz was trying to will us to believe that oh the wolves are the wolves at one point he said the wolves are within 13. They got it down to 13. Oh my god! Uh, I mean, you're playing in San Francisco. You got no chance. But as much as he tried to will us to believe that they're not down by 20, so that's good. Without Cat, and way more importantly, because I'm not indicting Cat completely at all here, just to be clear, but I am D'Lo. They are a far more fun team to watch that's executing what the coaching staff and what the team wants when D'Lo's not playing. Like his style, Phil, his style alone does not fit what this team wants to do at all. And and with Ricky and McLaughlin as your two point guards, they run a scheme and an offense that is far more engaging than what they do when their supposed second star player is playing. I and, and I agree that like they have looked, they have moved the ball around, and, and things have become much less stagnant. Now they're also just still getting like they got their asses kicked last right, night. I, you know, right. Let's yes. Let's, I'm but, not. I, yes, you are correct. But I, 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 you know, I hate to be scapegoat guy here, but like I can't judge D'Lo fully until he plays more than five games with Carl Anthony Towns because the, the plan wasn't bring D'Lo in and then, you know, run him off screens with Naz Reed. And like the plan was he's, he's a, he's a, I'm not going to say proficient, like he's a good pick and roll player. And if you, if you dig into some of the metrics the last couple of years or going back to his time in Brooklyn, um, he averaged like 11 to 12 points per game off pick and roll with Brooklyn. And uh, in a small sample size, the Wolves have run some pick and roll with him. But like the the vision is pick and roll game. That's D'Lo's strength with Carl Anthony Towns, who could be one of the great pick and roll screen men who can pop a three or roll the hoop. Right. And they've only been able to implement that five games. So like I agree with cat out. 
this thing actually looks like it moves better without D'Lo, but with Cat in and D'Lo in, right. I still believe in the in in the potential. I don't know if I believe in the potential as like Batman Robin championships in three years. But it's so hard to judge. Like it's so frustrating because they they should look better than they do with D'Lo and no Cat. That's my that's my problem. But, but the vision is D'Lo and Cat. It is so. It is. But I would like to see it. But if Cat can't play, I'd like to see it not just fall apart. And it, it feels like if Cat can't play and D'Lo plays, it's like ah, too bad. Yeah. Now this that's little, not a good thing. Is it like a thigh contusion or something for D'Lo? Uh, they called it a well, yeah, a quad contusion, which they said he suffered against the Hawks on Friday, and then he sat out on Saturday. What's curious about the whole thing, though, is that initially on Saturday afternoon, when they said he wasn't going to play against the Pelicans, they listed it as rest. So that's where like people like me freaked out. You're, you're like, he played 21 minutes last night and he's resting, and then they came back on Sunday and said, "Oh no!" On second thought, it's a quad. Is there contusion. a chance that they just want to avoid the whole Warriors D'Lo Wiggins thing this week? There's a chance that it's odd. To, to your point, there's a chance that it's very odd that you wouldn't have just come out and said quad contusion on Saturday if it was a quad contusion. Yeah, I hope that it's not. Ah, uh, we just want to avoid this whole like the whole Wiggins D'Lo trade comparison thing. Like, I don't think it's that. I I buy that there's an injury here. I hope it's not that. Because if, if it's me, and I don't know how bad his injury is, but, like, I would want to get out there and show, no, like, those guys made, I know I was only there for, like, those seven minutes, but, like, those guys made a huge mistake by trading me. I am a franchise guard, and I'm going to show you with or without Cat why I'm a franchise guard. Like, Absolutely. and again, if he's injured, he's injured. So I'm not sitting here and trying to question his toughness, but, like, I hope it's not that. The way that they laid out the injury report and they sort of stop-started, it feels fishy. Yes, and I also, I'm... Curious if it doesn't involve the Golden State concern and it involves what you were talking about, which is getting Cat back with him. Like, they look so bad without Cat and with him. I, I can't tell you from the eye from the eye test. Like, last night was a 16-point loss, and it's a bad loss. For lack of a better description, gents, they look like they cared. The last time I saw them play with... D'Lo, which which was on Friday night against the Hawks, they look like they didn't give a damn. Like that's concerning, and I'm curious if they if they are privately trying to get to what you're talking about, Phil, which is, um, Cat and D'Lo have played five games together. We need to get them back at the same time. Yeah, I'm just it, it does it does seem weird that you wouldn't have just come out on Saturday and said quad contusion that you avoided that. And then basically rethought it. I think, you know, however you feel about the, the D'Lo thing, I think they're just attached to him now. So his contract, he makes about, he makes $28 million this year, $30 million next year, thirty one. So call it $30 million on average through 2023. So for sure next season and then the season after. And I don't think at this point, I don't think you're going to be able to get like a first round pick for him. So... Not that he's untradeable, because once his contract becomes a dead money, once it becomes no. like an expiring contract, it actually becomes valuable. And Cat wants him here, uh, but like you, you, we need to see Cat and D'Lo on the court here. Okay, like it's literally been a year since they made that trade, and they played five games together so far. We need we need to see these guys together. Five games together. Yeah. So uh, that's the Timberwolves, and uh, again, that YouTube channel. If you're a Warriors fan and you just hate us, you're welcome to go into some of our other videos on YouTube.com/slash Corner. And don't forget. Tibbs was the key. Tibbs. I want to add. Organized Tibbs. If you're a Warriors fan, you might also be a San Francisco 49ers fan. You can check out our Kirk Cousins to the 49ers trade videos on YouTube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. 
Are you guys ready for Twins Tuesday? Oh, yeah. Should we fire this thing up? Let's do it. A little Twins Tuesday. We're going to win Twins. We're going to score. We're going to win Twins. What's that baseball score? All right, that was Twins Tuesday that was here. That was, a great re- and that was a great recap. There it is. It was fully accurate, too. Thad uh, Levine, actually, Twins general manager, who we do love, and he he has been a fun guest on the show throughout the years. We just wish he would sign uh, Trevor Bauer. Thad uh, Levine was on the Scoop podcast with our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson, Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com. And you know, we were texting the three of us last night, and Judd's biggest question was, so, like, what is your plan? Like, what do we do here? So, Thad... I'm just going to play a couple of these clips. We'll see if we can decipher what the plan is from some of these clips. So, yeah, no, I, I think our goal is to, to add to this team. We, we desirous of adding both quantitatively and qualitatively. So we want to add to the depth, but we also would like, you know, we see a lot of really talented players out on this market uh, between Derek, myself, Rob Anthony, uh, Jeremy Zoll, and Daniel Adler. Like, we're in constant contact, not only with agents, but also with some teams about, you know, keeping our finger on the pulse of trades. It's been a little bit slow moving unless you work for the San Diego Padres. Your thoughts? Yeah, the San Diego Padres making moves. Can you play play the chirping again? That's in my brain right now. That's what's going on in my brain for baseball. (laughs) Wait, what was the back-to-back words? I love that so much, man. Desirous. I'm gonna play this again. Quantitative. But he said. He said. He dropped a quantitatively and qualitatively. Thank you. That's what it is. Desirous. I love him. He just needs to make some moves. So yeah, no, I, I think our goal is to to add to this team. We we desirous of adding both quantitatively and qualitatively. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> All right. Um, here's a Nelson Cruz update. He's been invaluable to the to this to this franchise, and you know, regardless of what transpires this off season, he's left an indelible mark on this franchise. But hey, listen, we we are in constant conversation there, and uh, I'll just leave it at that for right now. Kind of sounds like he's bracing bracing people for whenever you say, regardless of what happens, aren't you bracing someone for yes. Now listen, Dex, regardless of what happens, you've yeah. been a really good producer for this show. Just like regardless of what may yeah, happen, sure. like yeah. you've just been that contract's almost up. It's yep. been great. Brace yeah. for landing. Yep. Assume the crash position, twins mm-hmm. fans. Assume the crash position. <laughs> All right. Uh let's see here. This is I think Doogie asked him about trades. Are there any like untouchable players that you yeah. want? Okay, to what trade? word is he going to use? That's <laughs> Let's play a guessing game. What word is Thad Levine about to drop? I'm going to say he drops superfluous. Oh, that's a good Sup- one. Superfluous. That's Phil, I like where you're going. I've listened to these, so I, I can't really. Okay. Did he drop superfluous? He did not. Okay, that's a good honest. one, though. So philosophically, no, come we, on. we have tried to not work in those terms. Realistically, there are some players that it would be very difficult for us to part with. So we're less inclined to initiate conversations with certain players involved. But I think one thing we owe to our fans, one thing we owe to our team and our owner ultimately oh. is to evaluate every opportunity to improve this team, whether it be in the short term or the long term. Our owner. Oh, first of all, philosophically, right off the bat, 
Philosophically, Judd Zolgad's a very important part of the show. Philosophically, l- <laughs> let off. <laughs> let off. Is he untouchable? Right off the bat. I mean, the show is called, called Maggie, Maggie and, and Judd. Judd. Okay, uh, can we, we like the one syllable name, but like, could another one syllable yeah. person come yeah, in? Sarah, can we get another nice... person with four letters yeah. in their first name? <laughs> I'd like to play a, a game off of that called Interpreting for Average Intelligence. What he just said, okay? And I include myself there. I'm not talking down. I am including myself. Sure. What he just said is essentially putting a dagger in the in the um the want of my partner, Phil Mackey. Because he just said, We're not trading any prospects we like. Well, he said they aren't going to initiate conversations with certain guys. Like they're not going to pick up the phone and call someone and float Kirilov. But if someone calls them and this is what I wonder if there, but no Jim Paul Jim Paul has told you can't trade him. In the, I, I'm going to assume that they because I'm going to believe him in 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 that I think they do have conversations with everyone. Like I, I think a lot of Twins fans are like, yeah, we love those reports when the Twins were the Twins had discussions yeah, about so and so, right? Poor, poor Dukes. And uh, and I I do believe that they probably were on the phone with the Tampa Bay Rays when Blake Snell was available, and and when the the package comes out, it's like, well, you you know what. You know what the you know that you'd have to trade this and this to get Blake Snell. I don't think the Twins ever going back to the Terry Ryan going back to I'm I'm actually more mad historically. People get all bent out of shape about payroll. And I sort of view payroll as well there's no salary cap and there's less revenue sharing and so the Yankees who bring in 500 million dollars and the Twins who bring in 250 million dollars well right. like the Yankees are going to spend more money on team payroll. Like I've come to that acceptance in reality. I'm actually more mad historically that they never take a chance outside of Bruce Dark Gratterall. And there might be like one other example. Mm-hmm. They they never look and say, you know what? I know we think Aaron Hicks might have a chance to be our starting center fielder for 10 years. But you know what? Cliff Lee is available now. Yeah, we can and we win. can win a World Series. Yes. Let's do it. Like no. they don't do that. No. But he's, a, but he's essentially, to me, drawing a line through a big group of prospects and saying they're not being traded. Yeah, um, I wonder how big that group is. Like, is it if it's Kirilov? I, I don't. I don't think they should trade. No, Kirloff. I think it goes. I think, that dude's I, think gonna it, be a I think it goes. I think it's Kirilov, Lewis, Larnick, Balzovich. See, it, Larnick it's at least five. List. Phil, look at the list that, that you gave on Tyon in the Pittsburgh Yankees trade yesterday. Like, look at that list of prospects that the Yankees traded to the Pirates. That's an eminently doable deal. I agree. Like that's, but I mean, we agree. On that, and yet you never hear, you never, you don't hear anything. So it's. I feel like every year. I think the list is longer than we, than either of us would approve of. We have to remind, I almost feel like it's our obligation to remind not just the audience, but the twins themselves. We have to go back five, ten years historically and remind them what the top ten prospect list for their own organization looked like. I'm going to give you right now, this is going into the 2015 season for the Minnesota Twins. MinorLeagueBaseball.com, and I think they're getting this from MLB Pipeline. So this is this is MLB.com's prospect rankings. In retrospect, how many of these guys should have been untouchable? Byron Buxton was the number one prospect. Certainly don't think, in retrospect, that he should have oh. been untouchable. I get why he was, but like right. he hasn't done anything in his career. Mm-hmm. He's had like a couple half good seasons. He's been hurt the whole time. Mm-hmm. Miguel Sano was number two. Like Miguel Sano was. Untouchable. Going to play third base for a long time. Yep. Oh my God, we'd love to have 
that stud shortstop that's available in his prime right now. But oh yeah. my God, we can't trade Miguel Sano. Like in retrospect, would you have traded the last five years of Miguel Sano for an established number one starter? Yep. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Jose Barrios is number three on this list. A little tougher because like he's been a good pitcher. Mm-hmm. Okay. But if you could have traded what you've seen from Barrios the last three or four years for like a bona fide year and a half of Garrett Cole or something, you would have done it. The list doesn't get better. Alex Meyer, fourth on this list. God. Who you loved and got from Washington. Yeah. Nick Gordon was fifth. And that's another one that where you have no idea now. Cole Stewart was sixth. It's a fourth overall pick. That would be easy to, yeah. Trevor May, seventh. Jorge Polanco, eighth. Lewis Thorpe, ninth. Eddie Rosario, tenth. I would argue you would have traded any two of these guys, literally any two of these guys, for like the Garrett Cole, as long as there was some team control, like a couple years of Garrett Cole. Right. Am I wrong? No, no, you're not. But the thing about it is they it's maddening because, again, it's always, and this goes back to Terry, it's always like they're playing for the future, and you're like, but what about the team you have now? Which go, which which directly um, is applicable to the Cliff Lee opportunity. Yeah. Because that, that was like one of those, oh, you got to go for it, and the Twins were like, we're going to be good for a long time. Don't don't worry, son, about going for it now. It's like, no, you really should have. And I think what they will tell you is, well, like that list you're reading, you know, all due respect to the old front office and the old minor league system and whatnot. But like, we feel like we have a better development pipeline to maximize that talent. I guarantee you that that's what those guys would say. And they might be right to some extent that they were able to get more out of Tyler Duffy and some of these pitchers. But when they when you look at the list of current top 10 twins prospects right now going into next year. I'll just speed through it here. Royce Lewis, Alex Kirloff, Trevor Larnick, Jordan Belazovich, Yon Duran, Ryan Jeffers, uh, Keone Cavaco, Aaron Sabato, Wander Javier, and Blaine Enloe are the top ten. Eight of those guys, you would, in retrospect, five years later, eight of those guys, you wouldn't even blink. Like you would, you would be rushing to the trade window yep. to pair two or three together think to go about, get an established player. Two, two of them will make you think. Maybe three. Think about Nick Gordon. Nick Gordon. Yeah, well, like, he's, he's the second. He's we the don't even know now if he's going to make it. And he's when? been in this organization for like seven years. Yeah, he's like fifty-six. Yes, the, the, these dudes are gambling chips. That's yeah, all they are. They're, yeah, which they're is, poker chips. Which is fine, but it, it, at some point in time, you've got to be willing to pull the trigger on. But this goes back to, to the question that I texted both of you last night, which is, where do they think that they are? Like, I can't get a read now at all. You have lost 18 consecutive playoff games. You've been to the playoffs back-to-back years. And fair or not now, you have it's to your credit that you have established a franchise that can get to the playoffs and win divisions, which is great. But the next step is not continuing that cycle. Like the fan base, rightfully so, is yeah. going to say, you know, it'd be really nice. What's that? A playoff win yeah. or a series win, right? And my question, and I don't see a clear answer to it, and I'm really, really being, I'm getting tired of, oh, hold on a second. I'm told more is coming. I'm told more is coming. And nothing happens. Like, how many times have we now heard from various people more, because the team is saying that? Of course they're saying that. But, like, nobody's getting answers about, is more like, are you trying to improve for 2023? Are you trying? Do you think that you can win in 2021? Yeah. And and my problem, too, is just this. I'm so fed up with this damn sport. Like, I am so, <laughs> like, I'm mad at everything about this sport. 
I've invested myself in this sport, and you too as well, for how long? And for lack of a better term, pardon my French, they are crapping on us every day, and we're sort of just like taking it. Yeah, so the latest report is that the designated hitter, so the Players Association and the owners are haggling over a bunch of different things, but um, basically the designated hitter in the National League and expanded playoffs are being used not as ideas to make the sport better. Oh, hell They're no. being used as bargaining chips to get either more money out of the other side or to get other things. Yeah. They're not they're not approaching the game and these potential changes. And we can debate the changes. Like I'm sure we could sit here and have a debate over like, is the DH really yeah, a good thing for baseball? I yeah. think it is. You'd rather see the pitchers but, hit, whatever. But that's not the point right now. Um, um they're not even debating that. They're mm-hmm. literally debating like, well, if you get the DH and you want that, then we want more money over here. And yep. blah blah blah. So this thing is so screwed up, okay? Like so fundamentally and it's February. It's basically February first. Spring training was supposed to start in like 18 days from that date. This thing is so goofed up that these morons, so the owners want the DH because they know that it's better. But it's a bargaining chip for them because they know that the players want the DH because it creates jobs, right? So they basically went to the players and said, okay, we'll do the DH, which, by the way, we privately want, if you agree to expanded playoffs. But who pockets all of the revenue from the playoffs? The owners do. They, they don't share it. So the players are like, hold on a second here. We're not going to just say yes and not get a cut. And that's where things stand right now. And need I remind you guys that in December of this year, the CBA is up and we're going to have a strike and or lockout? Like, think about this. We are literally on the precipice of a work stoppage before the work stoppage. It's going to be bad. But, it's, I mean, this is why I'm just fed up with the entire – I'm fed up with the Twins. I'm fed up with baseball. Get your act together. What are you doing? I think – I was hashing this out with some baseball friends and followers on Twitter yesterday. I really like the expanded playoff. I was a little bit skeptical. I, I love the wild card expansion from, like, eight years ago. And then I was a little bit hesitant on, like, last year's format was such a crapshoot where – the eight seed and the one seed basically got the same thing, right? That you here, here it is. Here's a three game series. You don't get any reward for winning a hundred games. Well, last year was prorated, but like a hundred games versus sure. seventy eight games. I hear you. So I would, I would personally, I would love to see regular season games scale back if needed. If you need to cut like a week or two off the regular season, uh, even just to like pull it back out of football season. I love the idea of an expanded playoff. A, it generates more revenue. That's great for the game. It's, you know, whatever. It, it, it just breathes more life into the game. But baseball just doesn't have much appointment viewing anymore. I remember when I was a kid, and I, I was born in the 80s, and I remember, like, in the 90s and the late 90s especially, Sunday Night Baseball was must-watch, and some of it was steroid-driven. And when it was Sammy Sosa, watch him hit a ball 700 feet with a corked bat and steroids. Tonight, John Miller and Joe Morgan. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Um, so, like, that was part of it. But, but the other part of it was you get, like, Roger Clemens and Pedro Martinez showdown on 1999 Sunday Night Baseball, right? And I, I just feel like there's no such thing as an for diehard fans, yeah, all that game of the week on Fox or whatever. But for casual fans, yeah, there's no appointment viewing until you maybe get to like a game seven. I think the wild card games are kind of appointment viewing. Mm-hmm. And so I would start there and say, okay, what can we do in the postseason to create more urgency and must watch experiences to hook more people? 
and I I just I keep going back to this this wild card week. This you can have you can have seven playoff teams, three of them advance to an actual series. The other four are wild card teams, and they play a four team tournament over the course of like five days or something. No off days, and it's like wild card week, and the other teams get to set up their pitching rotations. You know, and you can debate me and fight me on that, but like the sport should be having discussions like that. Absolutely, and they aren't. And basketball is literally sitting here and having conversations about a midseason tournament or a play-in round getting to the eight seed. And people are kind of crapping on the ideas. But guess what? Those ideas are well-intentioned because they're talking about how to grow the game and make it more popular for the next 20 years. And they're not fighting, though. Baseball's just fighting. Like, this is all about money. It has nothing to do, nobody ever considers, including the commissioner, who's just a disaster. Nobody ever considers what's good for the sport. They They are... The owner's goal now, I guess, is to cut the regular season down for 2021, which, by the way, I'm fine with. But they want to do it so they can stiff the players on paychecks. Yeah. And the players are like, no, and I don't blame them. So, But, I mean, nobody is saying what you said, which is, let's go back to 154, like, like we did pre-1961, uh, and let's introduce a playoff week. Like that's because that's going to be exciting. And then, you know, what the hell? Mike Trout yeah. gets in. The, and maybe Mike Trout playing in the playoffs is a good idea. They're all saying everything that we're doing on both sides is financially driven, not to not to bring cash into the sport for the good of the sport, but to line their pockets. Mm-hmm. But I mean, think about this. It what, what drives me nuts is if this was if this was football, I wouldn't be shocked because football is the most popular sport in the country. And so their greed knows no bounds, and I'm not surprised. But they're the most popular sport in the country. How does how do Manfred and company not understand, like, they are allowing their sport, as far as I'm concerned, to die on the vine? Like, that's the difference. The NBA talks about what's good for our sport. And I still think they are incredibly popular. Mm-hmm. So they're like, how do we get more popular? Baseball is before our eyes, and all three of us love this game, allowing themselves to absolutely die. And they don't, it's like they don't even realize it. Yep. The most popular and marketable, I don't know if marketable, but like the most popular and I would say visible starting pitcher in baseball, popularity, both good and bad, is Trevor Bauer. He's the most visible on social media, he's the most vocal. Um, I think he's mainstream enough now, like he's becoming kind of a household name for good and bad reasons. And that dude's just been sitting out for three months in free agency, almost what? Yeah, three months, November, December, January, because the sport can't figure out a better structure to make its offseason more entertaining, too. It's just a bunch of staring contests until spring training starts. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. Um, Since we're taking this time during Twins Tuesday to just bitch about baseball, can I throw this one at you, too, regarding the Hall of Fame? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Now, Judd has not read. He told me he has not read this. Not I read told this. him, don't read it. I want to read it to you. I'm not read it. Bob Nightingale, who I like. I like Bob. I'm, I'm going to be really hard on Bob here. Uh, Bob has been a longtime insider for USA Today. And he, like us, Judd and I have had a chance to be around Latroy Hawkins a few times. Latroy Hawkins is a great dude. Latroy Hawkins is um, one of the one of the better twins relievers over the stretch the last 20 years where they were like, he popped up for like three years as a twin and was a really good reliever. He's a really good player. If I hadn't seen this headline, I would, I wouldn't even known that he was on the hall of fame ballot, quite frankly. Like, so Bob Nightingale voted Latroy Hawkins into the hall of fame. 
he was the only one to vote Latroya Hawkins in the Hall of Fame. And every year you get these wacky, these guys who are on the ballot, like Darren Erstad or whatever, and they like one guy will, ha- or will vote for him, and you wonder, what? Like, are you guys friends? Like, he's not a Hall who of Famer. The guy, who was the guy a couple of years back, the pitcher? There, there was a guy who was complete no-name. Like an Aaron Seeley or something. Yeah, it, uh, that's it. Aaron Seeley? It was yeah. Aaron Seeley, and like, he got a vote. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be like Brad Raggy getting a Hall of Fame vote. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay, no. Like, none of us were going to sit here and disrespect Brad Radke, and none of us were going to sit here and disrespect Latroy Hawkins, but someone voted for them to be in the Hall of Fame, and now we have to crap on them? Like, it's ridiculous. So people are wondering, why did Bob Nightingale, why did someone vote for Latroy Hawkins to be in the Hall of Fame? And he wrote a piece in USA Today yesterday. I'm just going to read it. There's no need for any witch hunt or investigating Twitter timelines for clues. I'm the one. I voted for Latroy Hawkins for the Hall of Fame. Go ahead, mock, ridicule, tease, jeer. Of the 164 public and anonymous voters identified so far, nobody else has cast a vote for Latroy Hawkins. Let me take you back to 1993. This is, this is how the, the story starts. It was the year of Reggie Jackson being elected into the Baseball Hall of Fame, the only one to make it in 1993, although five others were on the ballot. Phil Necro, Orlando Cepeda, Tony Perez, Ron Santo, and Joe Torre. Uh, they would later join him in the future. When the ballot was revealed... There were five players who didn't receive a single vote. One of them broke my heart. Hal McRae. Hal McRae didn't receive a single vote. (laughs) There was no player I respected and admired more as a young beat reporter covering the Royals more than Hal McRae. I was in awe of the passion and fervor which he played the game. And to this day, I've never seen a greater clubhouse leader than this man. I was sickened to see, sickened sickened to see that no one voted for Hal McRae to be in the Hall of Fame. I vowed that if a time ever came again that someone meant that much to me and was that respected by his teammates, peers, coaches, managers, and yes, writers, I would vote for him no matter how his numbers looked on a Hall of Fame ballot. That's why I voted for Latroy Hawkins. Two quick things. All right. Number one, this is absurd. The Hall of Fame is not intended to reward nice guys or guys who played really hard. This is incredible. It's intended to reward the greatest players of all time. Okay. Second thing, if I'm Latroy Hawkins, I'm not honored by this. This is the most patronizing thing someone could ever do. Yeah. Pat me on the head and be like, listen, your numbers aren't anywhere near good enough, but you were such a great guy. I just feel bad, man. I just feel bad for you. I mean, he's literally saying, I just felt bad for Latroy Hawkins. I wouldn't want this if I was Latroy Hawkins. Why are you putting unnecessary attention? Now people are going to have to go through and mentally like conclude that he's not a Hall of Famer by going through his numbers again, right? Oh, look at that. He blew eight saves in 2002. Like, what are you doing? I, I, I just, I read this and I was like, Bob. So hold on a second. I got to back up because I'm, I'm having problems processing this. <laughs> so Hal McRae, who was a good player, didn't get a vote on a Hall of Fame ballot because he was not a Hall of Fame player. That's correct. And in 1993... He's a great guy and a great leader in the clubhouse guy. That's, that's fine. So was Nick Punta. So going on 30 years ago, Bob Nightingale saw this and felt so bad. Is he So is he now going to vote on his ballot for everybody who he knows might not get a vote? Because there have to be a few of those almost yearly, right? Who just... Turn up on the ballots. The three best clubhouse guys that I was ever around covering the Twins for three years. Like 
that. So this is just my perspective. It's the same as Bob. Like, all right, as a writer and as yeah, a guy who was in the clubhouse, right? Sure, you're still the guys. The three best I can remember. There's probably a couple others. Valencia, no question about it. Yeah, you can leave him sure. on. Danny v. Nick, v. Nick Punto was yeah. one of them. Oh, gritty. Carl Pavano was another one. I don't think people would have said that about his time in New York, but people definitely said it about his time in Minnesota. And yeah. Mike and Mike Redmond. Three guys oh, Hall who of Famer for sure. Great leaders behind the scenes. On would, would take young players under their, their wings, right? Would, yeah. would, tut- would tutor players. They were basically like yeah. assistant coaches but, on the roster. They are not Hall of Famers. But how can you... I don't understand. So, it, so like, if Bob committed to doing this for Hawk, he almost is going to have to commit now on a yearly basis to check m- marking the guys that he doesn't think will get a vote. Like, it makes no sense. It's not the purpose. He didn't vote for Scott Rowland, by the way. But it would be like, but it would Scott be like, Rowland. love Scott Rowland. But it would be like if there was a third p- party who ran for president, and I'm like, I know this person ain't getting votes. You know what? I feel pretty bad for him or her. He put Tory Hunter on the ballot too. Just so you know, yeah, but I, mean, I, I don't have a problem with that. Tory's not a Hall of Famer, but he, there's it's but a that, better it's a better yeah. case to make in but that realm. That might be a bo- but you might believe you you might believe Tory is. I personally don't, but that's fine. But Latroy, there's no debate about. Like mm-hmm. he just did that, as Phil said, to be condescending and and to be like, I didn't want you to feel bad. But I get I have so many questions off this, um, and I just continue to go down the avenue of I don't think giving all these people ballots is a really good idea. Dude. I just don't. I mean, like, so here, and Royce, would say, well, I mean, the fact that there's 600 people that vote means that you you get to the conclusion that you get to, and that's how it works. Now, you get 10 spots on your ballot. I think it's 10 now. It's 10. You get 10 spots on your ballot. Yep. He filled out, he said he thought there were eight Hall of Famers, and I don't have his ballot in front of me, but I saw some people commenting that he also may have put Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens in. Which I do, I would. He probably I would. did. He, I would. Prob- he probably did. But I it's yep. it's amazing that you would go through and you would and you would say because Latroy Hawkins, he may not be a Hall of Fame player statistically, but he's a Hall of Fame human, and therefore I'm putting him on my ballot, and then put Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds also on your ballot, who are not Hall of Fame humans. And I would also say Scott Rowland, who was a Rookie of the Year, he's a World Series champion, he's a seven time All Star, and he's an eight time Gold Glover, like. If you're doing this and not putting a guy like that on your Hall of Fame ballot, it's also ridiculous. Yep. It's just ridiculous. And that's what it's I'm also, saying is, It's patronizing, for God's sake. But, I mean, that, that to me, if that's going to be Bob's platform from now on, that puts you in an impossible position of now. Because, I mean, I, I don't think that you can now get your ballot next year and be like, that guy's not going to get votes, but I didn't like him as much. I mean, it just makes no sense. And the, But the whole problem... He also put Kurt Schilling on his ballot, just saying. I just well, on his ballot. Did, did you, you guys see that? <laughs> that that people that voted for Schilling were calling the Hall of Fame committee after after the, uh, the insurrection. January 6th yeah. insurrection to try to get them to take Schilling off, the, off their ballot. Yeah. See, and listen, I... I'll just say I despise Kurt Schilling as a human. Yep. But I think Kurt Schilling is a baseball Hall of Famer. What do you guys think? I I really believe that the the process that the Hall of Fame should tell its voters something that gives this complete clarity. Um, Because like this whole thing of it matters how you acted off the field. We don't we don't know. I mean, how can anybody know? How can anybody know? I will always go back to the case of Darren Sharper, a very good football player who turned yeah. out to be a man who's probably, I think, going to spend the rest of his life in jail, okay? Yeah. Why are we trying to be like, um, Bonds was a jackass, in my opinion, 
And so he doesn't get on because of that. Like they're giving they're giving people that aren't even close to being qualified like this set of of wide interpretation yeah. guidelines that they shouldn't have. In my opinion, this should be about one thing. Just cut it down to one thing. What unless they're incarcerated, okay? What did they do on the field? Like let's take out any murkiness of I'm going to make up the rules myself because you're literally telling them make up the rules. I if Ty Cobb, who was in the first Hall of Fame class, okay, if Ty Cobb came up for eligibility today, oh my God. a ton of people wouldn't vote for Ty Cobb because he was a jackass. He was, he was a, a racist. He, he was a racist. murdered he somebody. He's a terrible yeah. guy. But you know what? I want that taken away from the voters. So yeah. all you can consider is what he did as the Georgia peach. I agree. Also, as time passes, like... At the time, I think at the time people thought Ty Cobb was a jackass. But like, let's as an example, as time passes, you start to realize, oh, like those people were more racist than we thought forty years ago, right? Like, yes. you know, time evolves and changes. And I, I want to bring this to a real world example too, just for fun, like because I keep, go- I just keep going back to how insulting this would be. So, all right, Judd, listen. Um, it's your time for the Minnesota Broadcast Hall of Fame, and you were on the ballot, but <laughs> like I don't, I don't think that you're, I don't think you were good enough at your job to get into the Minnesota Broadcasting Hall of Fame. But I just feel like you were a good guy. I just, I felt terrible. I felt sickened. I felt sickened that nobody was going to vote for you, and so I voted for you. Hey, man, I voted oh, for you. Because in, in, you, you feel like cause in 2004, <laughs> Matt Thomas didn't get a damn vote, I was, and, you, I and, was that made, and that made you want to cry. <laughs> that made you want to weep. So, oh, uh, man. But, I mean, why, ridiculous. why can't we simplify this entire yeah. process? Imagine if I, I loved Juan Pierre. I loved Juan Pierre because that's who I was when I was a baseball <laughs> right, player. Yes. Yeah, look at his a numbers, singles though. hitter. Stole a crap ton of bases. And he was good. At, <laughs> and he, he was, was good. good at what he did. Like a damn near 300 career hitter, I'd bet. Yep. Yeah. Juan Pierre, man. Yeah. Let's pull up his numbers right now. And I, teams. I, would, I would love for him to be in the Hall of Fame, but guess what? He doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. He's in the Declan Hall of Fame. He's not in the Baseball Hall of Dude, Fame. Dude, Juan Pierre stole 600 bases in his career. Two ninety five hitter. Yeah. And uh, I believe he also, he was on a World Series. Yeah, he was on the he, 03 Marlins, Marlins World Series winning team. So, yeah. so Bob vo- voted for the Hawk. And gave him his one vote because he felt bad. But this is also a process that had Johan Santana fall out, fall <laughs> off the ballot after one time on because he didn't get five percent. Yep. And Johan That's Santana, who was game. the best starting pitcher in baseball for like seven years, and oh, but his longevity. I don't give a rat's ass. Like you know what the key is? Sandy Koufax Sandy, didn't pitch very thing. long. Either either get either get an exclusive group of very smart baseball people to discuss this. But the problem is this. 600 ballots puts the ballots in too many people's hands who don't have the ability to digest the assignment that they've been given. And so you literally have to give them the exact game plan and exactly what you want. I got one time on our old nine to one show, like this is probably early on in one, one of our first couple of years. And I won't say his name, but I, we, we had this discussion about, okay, 600 people, have a Hall of Fame vote, and a lot of them aren't even in sports media. Don't even cover baseball, and I and I named one of them locally <laughs> by name. Those with so I said, like for instance, yeah, this right. guy who well, we like this guy, but this guy hasn't covered baseball in like twenty years. He's been he's been covering a different sport for like twenty years, and has built his career, the better part of his career covering this other sport. And uh, that person caught wind of it and back channeled me through a series of Twitter DMs and was like, 
apoplectic. Like, like, wanted me to know why he still has a vote, why he still takes it very seriously, and why, like, he felt bad that I would go on the microphone and call him out specifically. I do feel bad from naming his name, but it was like, I hear you, but if you're not, like, 20, 25 years removed from covering a sport, yeah, you shouldn't know, be man. voting for the Hall of Fame for it. I don't know. So, anyways. And that's Twins Tuesday. <laughs> We're gonna win, Twins. We're gonna score. Okay, we're going to wrap with Ricey here in uh, in just a few minutes. But every week, our friend Declan Goff, and lately we've put him on some football film assignments. Uh, mm-hmm. Once we put him on a bidet review. But the segment is called Dex Reviews. And if you guys have suggestions, like like Judd Anything. just got a new iPhone. So maybe we have Judd as a guest host at some point next week. Yeah, absolutely. To talk about like uh, like face <laughs> I recognition just, I just and had stuff. to ask. How to get back to the main menu. It's not off to a good start. Swipe up. It's not off to a good start. Uh, just throw it on the ground and stomp on it. <laughs> That's how you do it. It's really easy. So, all right, Dex, what are we reviewing this uh, week here? We will not be reviewing Seasons of ER. That did not happen this weekend. But uh, we will be <laughs> oh, doing... Oh, is that a bad sign? No, it's not a bad sign. It just never came up. Oh, really? It never happened. Oh, never transpired. Just, just, okay. Never transpired. There was there was games played. There was fun things happening, but, but there was no uh There, there was, was no, no ER. ER. Okay. What type there of games no ER. are you playing? Uh, we uh, a great new game. It's called Buzzed. It's called Crouching Tiger yeah, Hidden, Hidden Declan. Hidden Declan. <laughs> it's a <laughs> it's a uh, card game. It's called Buzz. It's the game that keeps your friends hydrated in good ways. Highly recommend. The game it. is called Buzz. Buzzed. Buzzed. This, Buzzed. So, this sounds like the exact type of game I have advised you not to play and just right. to drink. Instead. Is this a game that you guys made up, or is no, it no, like no. a like it's a, a board? card game? I bought it at Target. Okay. Yep. Uh, it, it, it you just you draw a card, you read it, and if you are that person and that answer, you have to take a drink. So it's like you have to raise your hand. If, yeah. Okay. It's a it's a fun game. That's a fun one. I recommend it. All right. Keeps your friends hydrated. But uh, we're not going to do that. We're going to do a quitty pay. The defensive end Ooh. from Michigan football. Uh, football. So I went back. A couple things with quitty pay. I went back first. I watched the Gopher game because Michigan played the Gophers to kick off the 2020 season. It was a very forgettable game. Now, Quiddy didn't make much of an impact in that game until the fourth quarter when the game was completely out of reach, but I believe he had back-to-back sacks in the fourth quarter against Tanner Morgan. Um, and this is a guy who, on most mocks, is probably the second guy, second defensive end, excuse me, to come off the board behind, uh, uh, is it Rozo from, from Miami? Gregory Rozo. Um, I liked what I saw from Quiddy. So Quiddy's supposed to go between anywhere between 20 and like 14 yeah. on most big boards. And most, uh, even Daniel Jeremiah just released his top 50 prospects. Quiddy Pay is number 17 on this list. So he's in the range where the Vikes will be picking. Here's what I liked about him. He is quick. He is lean. Yeah. He is athletic. And I think the most important one. Yeah. Versatility. Outside or inside. He can go either or on sides of the line. Now, most scouts, from what I, I, I talked to some scouts last night, they think he's more, he, he's best served on the outside. But I like the versatility of putting him on the outside or the inside. And I know Judge Zolgad would also be a big fan, because that's what we saw against the Saints in the playoff game last year with Daniil Hunter. They were able to move people around. So Pay, look at that guy. He is an animal. Dude, by the way, he's just like, even when his defense is huddling, he's just always in a four-point stance. He doesn't even join the huddle. He's just constantly, even, even around the house, he's Football. just crawling around. So you're telling me that he could play the end or the three-tech? Yeah, he could. I think at 274 is what his listed weight is. He's going to want to bump that up if he's going to play interior defensive line. Correct. But, 
But he could, um, he, but he could rush in on a third down. Yeah, he in is a, nickel. He's he's lean, and I mean he's. He's lean as, and he's 6'4", 275. But, I mean, the guy oh. is an athletic well, look at that I'm, I'm like 5'8", 275, there you go. for God's sake. Um, but <laughs> yeah, he, you're his pressure lean, too. <laughs> you're a guard, so am I. You'd be better than uh, than, than Drew Samia and our guy Dakota Dodgers. Yeah, exactly. So it wouldn't be that bad. Um, his pressure rate was near the tops in the nation, and I, I think he's probably going to be a, a legitimate option for the Vikings. His, his cons? Yeah, I want to know, like, what is the chance that he becomes... You know who are some of these dudes that busted out like that? Uh, who was the Wisconsin guy that they drafted in 04? Erasmus oh, James. Erasmus James. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So high floor and high ceiling is what most experts have said about him. So he's got a high floor and he's got a high ceiling. Um, I think he's going to have to be well coached, and that's what a scout told me. Literally, he has to be well coached. What the scout told me was he is a robot and technically sound. Literally his words. You know, I feel like then the Vikings would be a great environment because, you know, they've brought, I mean, Daniil Hunter was also kind of a, well, he's a he's an athletic freak, but right. someone's got to coach him up, and I'd say the Vikings did. So Absolutely. So, yeah, the scout told me he's robot and technically sound. That was the exact words. He will punch you in the chest, but he needs to be coached well. How about that that's for some more football I think that's terms? illegal. He's Arnold. Yeah. For Schwarzenegger. He's a robot. He'll punch you in the chest. Yeah, I don't think you can do that without getting flagged. I um, think uh, best case scenario is probably like a Jason Pierre-Paul. Like I think that's probably, and, and most experts would agree with, with more, that as well. With more fingers. With more fingers and oh, doesn't wow. like to play with fireworks because he's an adult who doesn't uh, put <laughs> hold a flaming firework in his hand. JPP's been great. Yeah, yeah season, but think about so how much better he'd be if, if he, he had, had all five fingers. It is fingers. phenomenal. It is phenomenal. That, yeah. that man is a specimen. So, what do you pay as a specimen? I think if the Vikings were on 14th, I wouldn't be shocked at all if Quiddy Pay is taken. And how, I, I wouldn't be upset. So how would you guys feel then if if Roger Goodell walks to that podium or I don't know, he'll probably just be like in his basement with his smoke smoker's jacket on again like last year. Right. And and he walks up to that Zoom camera and he says, With the fourteenth pick, the Minnesota Vikings select Michigan defensive end Quiddy Pay. And the, and the plan is Daniel Hunter comes back, maybe gets a raise and, and Quiddy Pay, and now they got their book in pass. And Michael Roger. Pierce is at uh, the nose tackle. Yeah, that could be pretty good. That could be pretty good. I, I am not going to be one bit surprised if they take uh, D-line to start with. I'm not going to be surprised at all. As I think, long as I they think go, it's the know. leader in the clubhouse right now. I think they're yeah. more likely to draft that position well, just based on who's there than a guard. They, I don't think they're going to sure. take a guard with the 14th pick. I think that's accurate. I agree with that. And I think that the two, the, the two objectives probably when it comes to filling needs on defensive line are probably defensive end and a three-tech. And I don't think that there is a three-technique worthy of the 14th pick. So I think if you were going to go three technique, you'd probably move back and try and recoup the second round pick that you lost in the Ngakwe trade. But um, Zim is definitely going to be in Rick's ear, let's say that, to improve that defensive line because it was awful. Hey, have have you guys tried, uh, just for fun, ever uh, going into a four-point stance or two-point stance? It will damn near kill you. A three-point stance. Three-point stance. stance. Three-point stance. stance, Uh, What what, what is it? That's my stance. Three-point stance. Have, have you guys tried that? I've tried yeah, it just I mean, for fun. Do it right now. My Corona Hard Seltzers, I've done it in the fridge. Oh, can't really hear you guys. My but... back, it, it hurts my back. I'm not going to lie to you right now. On camera. Oh, God. He might, not get up. he might not get up, Dex. Oh, God. That's fine. Oh, I have to get up now. <laughs> and you yeah. have to, but I mean, ah! when I say, when I say hut, 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 you've got to move from that stance. <laughs> like, I can, I can balance myself in the stance, but I can't move. You might be more of a three-point stance guy and then, like, hold the other arm out for balance. Right. Or, like, or like put, put, put the other hand on I your would stand other up. defensive lineman front. I would stand up. 
I'd stand up the whole time. I think that's why, like, once guys get a little bit older, they want to go to those three, four defenses where they can just let me just let me just stand back here as a linebacker. But like, how you get off the ball in that stance is really beyond me. Yeah, I mean, I I quit football in eighth grade, and uh, part of it was the three point stance being uncomfortable. But like, the some... other part was I just didn't like running. So, oh, that's why I quit. Oh, I liked running. I have no problem. Running. I went to a captain's practice at Benelde for, but I didn't play football one day, and I quit. Yeah, football because we ran running. a lot. It's like. I, th- this ain't gonna work. That was for the one me. thing I would I knew I could be good at was running. Was yeah, well, because so you're super thin. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, when you're a little bit bigger, it's 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 yeah. pretty yeah. terrible. Yeah, you've got a build that's perfect for a guy who likes to run. Yeah. I remember one time Phil and I not so much. I played like three four years of football from like fifth grade to eighth grade or something, and I remember like one of the junior high football practices, which start you know Minnesota's pretty hot in August. You get those ninety degree days, and we had. I just I I sort of realized we were being duped and tricked into more conditioning when After you do the coaches said, you know, like the day before the coaches said, if you guys don't pick up everything off the locker room floor, then you're going to get more conditioning the next day. Right. Right. And then they like found a piece of tape or a sock on the locker room oh. floor the next day. Right. And so we had to do what was called a, a, a three fifty multiple where you have to run around like two. I think it's is it two football fields, whatever it is. Like you're running around two side by side football fields. And then they said, all right, on the next one, if you all, all of you, if you all don't beat this certain time, oh, then yeah. you all have to keep doing more until you all beat that certain time. And, of course, there's like, like, you know, I wasn't Mr. In Shape, but, like, there's a couple of whales in the back who play, like, defensive tackle. Yep. And they can't beat whales. the time. And then Pat we all, Williams, you had Big Pat. Then we all have to run more, and, and they wouldn't give us water breaks. What? This is before Corey Stringer. This is before Corey Stringer. So you couldn't get a water break? Couldn't get a water break, and I was like, I'm playing As a baseball. kid at Buffalo High School? I'm playing baseball. This is ridiculous. That seems like a, re- that seems like a really bad idea. Baseball practice is way kid. better. You just stand in the outfield yeah. and shag flies for oh, three hours. Once I, learned, so yeah, once I learned that I couldn't play second base and I could just play the outfield, that was one of the best realizations of my baseball yeah, Just sit out there, fly ball comes at yep. you once every ten minutes. Sometimes you don't even have to catch it. Sometimes you just let it go mm-hmm. over your head. It's great. Yep. Or let it drop. It's the best. <laughs> Relay, yeah. relay. Speaking cut, of Juan Pierre, cut yeah, and hold, no, cut no. and hold. I needed two. They needed two cutoff men for uh, for new alarm over here. But that's okay. <laughs> I could see you not getting the ball back. No, no. I remember not they, your fault, but yeah. I could see the second baseman coming get, way out in the right. I didn't field. get contact till I was like seventeen years old, and I remember I I got I went to an eye appointment, and then I had a baseball practice right afterwards, which was actually kind of dangerous because like you get your eyes dilated, and then I went straight to practice, and the doctor Ooh, was like, wow. "No, you should probably you know rest, don't go to practice." I was like, "I'm going to baseball practice. It's fine." And I remember so vivid. No, this is actually a a good story. I remember so vividly having my contacts in, and I was in left field, and I could see all the seams on the baseball rotating, like coming at me as a fly ball. And I'm like, this is what the fly ball was supposed to look like for the last 10 years. I was just seeing this white blur (laughs) coming at me, and I was able to finally shag a fly ball, and it was too late because at that point I only had like my last year of eligibility Dude, to play what, baseball. What would your life and career have been like if you had gotten those contacts like 10 years earlier? You I, wouldn't be doing this. I think uh, I think I would be hitting nine. I might be hitting might be hitting two. Might be hitting one. He'd be in the league. Yeah. He'd be the ninth ranked Twins prospect who yeah. they wouldn't give up for anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, we still got this 27-year-old Declan Goff. <laughs> Come on, Thad, let's trade uh, him. Un- oh, by the way, we have one more Thad soundbite. Okay. If you want to guess, uh, I'm going to say existentially. Existentially is the word. But what's the what's the sound bite you're hovering over? J Hap. J Hap. Uh, succulent. I'm going succulent. <laughs> wow. We really like J Hap. He's a succulent. He's a succulent. He throws a succulent ball. 
Well, Darren, I think I think you've seen over the last couple of years, we've been very attentive to obviously we're looking for the most talented players we can possibly recruit. Attentive. But we're in a beneficial spot. Uh, free agents view us as a very competitive, attractive uh, destination. Hmm. So we're allowed to be a little selective. We can marry up selective. talent with makeup. Marry up. Wait, marry up. <laughs> They'd be a little too selective. selective. <laughs> Did they sign Jay Happ or Colfax? Phil Mackey. You know, the one thing that sets Phil apart is Phil's been really good for the game. He takes time out for people. And Judd Zolgad. One of the most well-respected, esteemed journalists. Guy seems to break news before you even knew there was something to break. Mackey and Judd. All right, Patrick, give us uh, give us the play-by-play. So you are now on the COVID vaccine lottery list? Yes, it's uh, it's right. And I think the odds are right there with Mega Millions, but uh, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's okay. What the heck? It was a very uh, – I at first, I looked on it at like 5.05. It supposedly opened at 5, right? <laughs> 5 a.m. At 5.05, there were 18,000 people ahead of me, and it said – Wait should be an hour. Oh, wow. And I thought, oh, my God, this will be over. I, I tweeted out this will be over by Lincoln's birthday, you know. But then uh, it really went fast. And, uh, uh, you know, there was I don't know how many tens of thousands, probably well over 100,000. I'm sure they they logged into it today, but it wasn't really. But by 610, you just leave your computer open and it it. You keep moving up, and by six o'clock we were. I was in, and by six oh eight, I had both my wife and I registered. So it was a it was a much smoother process than last week, I guess, where everybody was trying to log into different windows and things like that. So they're trying to do something. At least they're trying to get rid of these vaccines. Okay, instead of just. <laughs> Just have them sit in a drawer over there on the. I love this week, like you know, not to go super deep here, but I but I saw the CDC director was doing interviews the last couple days, and you know the, and she's asked, so so where are we sort of at with you know how how much vaccine do we have? And she's like, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody knows what we have, so that's yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was not uh, it has not been terribly well organized to this point, but uh, I think they're trying now, so I'm not complaining. Now, somebody sent me another outlet that was possible for me for one of these health organizations uh, that uh, we go to a clinic that's involved with them. And and she said, I got a niece who's very active in trying to get every relative she has that's old vaccinated. But uh, she stopped me at then you enter your username and password. I said, that's it. We got, that's, we're, we're dead ended right there. I have no idea what those are. I Social security? Track, I try to keep track of about eight of them that I do in my daily work. That's enough. So, anyway. We just need your address, credit card information, yes. social also, security. Yeah. That's all. Boy, they are, uh, they, the, this last week, they've been uh, very, last few days, they've been very worried about the guarantee on my uh, vehicles, uh, about five calls a day to the cell phones. Uh, we've talked about this before, but 10, 12 years ago, before the cell phone start, companies started selling our names and numbers to the uh to these scumbags, uh, <laughs> it was a lot easier. Well, remember when we had cell phones and if you, nobody could get your number unless you wanted to give it to them? Yeah. Yeah, it was great.
You know, I actually uh, I took a screenshot the other day. This is this is the beauty of modern technology. I don't know if you guys can see this. I'll pop it up on the screen, but uh, it literally just popped up as telemarketer calling from Pennsylvania. <laughs> yes. You, well, today I, I got one that said spam risk. I get, I get spam. spam on yeah, I get spam. Sometimes. Yeah. But uh, they uh, they're out to get boys when you get old. They love to take a shot that you're senile, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they really think they they're really hoping that you've lost it, and they can convince you to run up to the nearest Western Union and send them three thousand dollars so that, that you can maintain your Social Security benefits. You know, you my know? so my dad. I would say like two or three times a year, and and, and my dad is you know seventy eight, but like an old soul seventy eight, going on probably closer to eighty five or ninety, and. And he'll and he'll he'll call me three times a year and just say, "Listen, I just Philip, I just want to remind you some of these some of these scammer calls can sound really realistic." And I'm like, "Dad, what do you mean? First of all, like, don't answer the phone if you don't know the number. And yes. second of all, hello, I am your great aunt from Siberia, <laughs> and I have a four million dollar inheritance. Please call yeah. back with your social security number. I'm not getting just text by that. it to me. Sorry. Well, that's the way it used to be, but now it's much more sophisticated." It's that, it, you know, they got the voice, the automated voice that makes it sound like there's some from some agency that's, uh, you know, really, you know, I've warned you before, you know, if you don't, you know, <laughs> yes. if you don't do this, you're never, you know, your, your loved ones are going to be removed from the hole. The IRS wants right to talk now. to you now. Oh, you got one right now. I'm literally getting one right now. Yeah. <laughs> when, <laughs> when is the last time that you guys picked up? A phone call where you didn't have the actual name of the caller. I pick up if it's an Arizona area code. I pick it up just in case. Okay. I am discovering, however, if you get somebody's cell phone, you know, in in my job trying to get a hold of a coach here or there or something like that, nobody's picking up anymore. You got to text them and let them know who you are. And that's probably smart, you know, because... Anyway, yeah. Speaking of executives, we got to play a soundbite for you here. This is uh, this is Thad Levine on the Scoop podcast with Doogie yesterday, and and Doogie was asking him, "All right, what's the deal? All these other teams are making trades, and you guys, you guys still looking to add?" This is Thad's answer. So yeah, no, I, I think our goal is to to add to this team. We, we desirous of adding both quantitatively and qualitatively. So we they're looking. To, they're quantitatively looking quantitatively and qualitatively. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Okay, well that's good. I did hear they're going to make. I get. I did hear from a good source. There's a very good chance that they're going to make a trade that I very much approve of. Pepsi for Coke. Wow. Oh. Now I'm not sure it's happening, but it's, their negotiations are underway, and I'm extremely hopeful. That to me, when the ballpark reopens, is more important than uh, getting a good starting pitcher. Do you think Pepsi could throw Trevor Story in as a little little sweetener? (laughs) You need the Coke button, Patrick. That's what you need. I had Coke guy through and through. You need the 45 Coke button. The only thing Trump and I agree on is having a red button when you want to diet Coke. That would have been, been, I would approve of that strategy. You don't even need the the butler with the silver platter. You just need the (laughs) the diet Coke. No, just bring it in there, baby. Hand me that. I'd have the little refrigerator behind the Oval Office desk. So that, yeah, I think you could get one of those in the Oval Office, right? 
Absolutely. So, so the the big move, the big move that we've all been told is coming is a soft drink. That at Could least be. we know. Not, not said. It qualitatively and quantitatively. <laughs> I, I think. That oh my god. <laughs> Pepsi's like we're out. We don't know what the hell you're talking about anymore. Boy, Levine, good for Doogie getting Levine because boy, since that Philadelphia thing, uh, when he either had the job or and turned it down or didn't have the job. Uh, he's been pretty low key. He isn't. I've texted him a couple of times to ask him. You know, usually he's pretty good at, you know, responding to a question or something like that. And he's he's been uh, he's been. I think he's afraid. He didn't want people asking him about the Philadelphia job, so he didn't respond to stuff. So yeah, that's that's what I thought. But uh, I don't know what. Uh, you know, what this. This whole cactus league thing yesterday, where Arizona doesn't want him to start the cast cactus league, there's no chance spring training starts on time. Especially, mm-hmm. I there I I finally read something fairly instructive about the uh, the uh, what negotiations are going on, and the owners, are, I mean management, Manfred apparently has asked them to start the season a month uh, a month later. The players. And uh, players have uh, said, "Okay, pay us our full salaries." So, Gosh. That, that that's that's why the owners then said, "Okay, we're going to start at the middle of February." But I mean, but I don't think it's going to happen to you. I think no. they might have spring training in the middle of March, and day game April twentieth might be opening day. And just play a bunch like of double headers, and if they start, yeah. yeah, and then they'll do the seven inning thing again this year. Yeah, you know, they'll, they'll do the seven inning thing again. If they start so, though, because the, the whole thing is they they have to basically do a a year agreement that will then go into the strike that, that's going to occur after the 2021 season. They are not going to do that. From what I've everything I heard is that they're just going to try to take care of another pandemic season and then battle it out at uh, after next year. So that's going to be it's ridiculous. We may not see normalcy till 2023. So Gosh. I don't I don't know. Hey, uh, where speaking of 2023, where's Aaron Rodgers going to play in like 2022, 23? Uh, he'll be in Green Bay next year, don't you think? I, I yeah, I, I think I think right now he would like out, but it's going to be really hard for a million reasons for that to happen now. So now, I, I yeah, think he's there what now. Do you think? Does he have a Northern California link strong enough to want to play two years for the 49ers who need a quarterback? Probably. It, well, his, his, certainly not his family. No, no, no. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they smoothed it over since uh, various uh, girlfriends. And, I don't think so. I, I, I don't know if they have or not. But no, but I mean. He'd love to uh, play there, I'm sure. Yeah. As he grew up a 49er yes. fan. And, and that would be. A, and Chico. That would, that would seem to be the one place where he could end up, right? Because they can, they can send you something for him, too, right? So. Mm-hmm. I think the Packers would have to take Garoppolo, though, wouldn't they? Well, Garoppolo, I think I think the Niners can just cut him loose. I think okay. they, I think they only owe him like a million and a half or two million this year in in dead money. So they they could just say goodbye. I, I'd hate to be Jordan Love trying to replace that guy after the season he had this year. Oh my that god! Be, oh, I was over there. You know, the Vikings were the first to play over there. Remember, weren't they? Over- on a Monday night, weren't they the first to play when he made his first start? Yes, yeah, that's right. Two thousand eight, yeah. yeah. Monday night game. They, they were, they were 
90% of the jerseys were farm jerseys. Yep. And I was talking to these, I got there in the middle of the afternoon and talking to all these tailgaters. This guy can't play. You know, this, they were just, they were just outraged. And Rogers had sat around three years and you think probably was more developed having a, a full college career than, mm-hmm. than love love is. Mm-hmm. So you would, get a much more raw product than Rogers was. Wasn't that Tavares against him? Was that Tavares against him? It would have been 2008. Well, yeah. Cause they, they lost that game and then they lost to the Colts and Tavares right. got benched for Gus Farad. So yeah, that was Tavares. And Rogers wasn't very good that night, but I remember Tavares threw a big interception. Right? And Rogers ran a ton back then. He, he would just take off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Boy, that's gotta be, that has gotta be the kick in the, uh, in the uh, lower body area to him of all time, though, losing that game. Oof, that was the way this team was playing, the opponent they had coming to town. It was, uh, you know, a good team, but not a great team. Brady is the opponent. That has to be the yep. worst of his bad losses. I mean, the, the onside kick in Seattle wasn't good, but uh, this one was. I get a kick out of them. people saying, oh, well, Rodgers has lost four straight NFC title games. He didn't lose the one in Seattle. The idiot on the onside kick lost that one. Yeah. What was that guy's name? Uh, uh, Bos- Bostwick? Uh, he, he played uh, for the Vikings. Yeah, He Bostwick. played for the Vikings very yeah. briefly, Then I think, in training yeah. camp the next year. That's, I mean, they, they they beat a great team that day, and then this idiot uh, dropped the onside kick. Yeah. Back when an onside kick was recoverable which we saw recovered this time. It was amazing, the Buffalo guy. Yeah, yeah, and it didn't bother the Chiefs a bit. That, that was the best part. The Chiefs were like, oh, we lost the ball too bad. <laughs> yeah, we'll let you score here, and then we'll get a first down. So. <laughs> Although, uh, do you see who's going to be playing left tackle for him? Mike Remmers, baby. Uh, Mike Remmers blocking uh, JPP. I'm not sure about that one. Uh, Pat better, uh, with those two defensive ends, Against those two offensive tackles, uh, Pat better get ready to run out of the pocket uh, like he does. But uh, he's he's not going to be comfortable, I'll tell you that, because that Tampa Bay defense was way better than I thought it was. They're good. Yeah, they, really yeah, they can they can yeah. make quarterbacks miserable. Brandon sure. Bostic. Brandon Bostic. That was the guy's name who fumbled the yeah. onside. Yeah, they cut That's him pretty right. quick. Hey, have you uh, seen that uh, the uh, – uh, what was I going to say? Dang it! Something about the Chiefs. Uh, have, what are they? What's their running? Is now the little guy's back at running back, right? The Allaire, Edwards Alaire, yeah, the LSU guy who missed yep. most of the season. They they keep getting those guys rattled up and hurt. Though they're uh, they, they're you know it's not that they're lacking for weapons, but uh, you never. It's it's always hard to figure out who's playing, who's the running back down. There. They just run jet sweeps to Tyree Kill, and they're all fast. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, who they got? A, they got a new guy I never heard of, Pringle Potato Chips, who just takes. There's another guy that runs a hundred eight point six or something too. I never heard of Potato him. Chips. <laughs> they keep uh, hand up to Nacho Grande. He keeps fighting them, man. They go to track meets to look for him, yeah. but I think. I think the Tampa Bay uh, pass rush makes it a little closer than it's uh, that people expect it to be. What's the number? Seven? Uh, three, I think it's three. I, I think it opened really? up. Really? I, I think. Mm. 
Wow, I think, yeah. Brady money, huh? Three, three Brady and a half. Money, yeah. Yep. Uh, I, I just love that we've got like the two biggest stones on the table offensive coaches in the league now. Arians just wanting to throw fifty yeah. yard passes every drop back, and Andy Reid who will just he'll he'll bring a backup quarterback in and throw hail marys and fourth down passes. It'll be it'll be fun. You know who's great? Uh, the honey badger, man. Oh, oh yeah. wow. I mean, remember when they brought him in, he was kind of iffy, right? He'd been hurt a lot. He hadn't played much. He's mad as he smart. He's unbelievable. Cardinals let him he, walk. He, he knows when he, you know, come up and set the edge and turn him inside. And he's a little tiny monster tackling people. Mad as he good. Yep. He's, uh, He's just uh, fantastic. I, I always thought it was kind of uh, built on returning punts and stuff like he did at LSU and and a, and a fancy nickname and everything, but that son of a gun is great. He is. By Man, the way, it good. looks like I saw something just scroll across that Winfield will – he's expected to play Winfield good. for Tampa Bay. Well, game, so. he's their version of Honey Badger. That, yeah. You know, he'll get you a 15-yard once in a while. He's a – little son of a gun. Hard to believe he was basically a two-star when they recruited him. He didn't even, you know, if a big-time program recruits you, they pretty much put you three stars on you. I think he was a two-star yeah. when they got him. It's got to be helpful for it's probably helpful for your development when Antoine Winfield Sr. is just like an assistant coach in your life all the time, you know? Well, his old man's the best tackler I ever saw. Yeah. And, uh, and this kid is just as good and covers, you know, as a safety, covers more, you know. You don't think a safety's that size either. Right. He's not big, but, uh, man, is he. He can hit, though, just like his yeah. dad. The bu- yeah. the Bucks, Patrick, are rowing the boat. That's what they're doing. They're rowing the damn boat. Got Tyler Johnson, Antoine Winfield Jr., they're P.J. Fleckians. Good thing. Uh, and Tyler Johnson, very bright. He didn't use one of those tight. Yeah, uh, jersey. Stretched he used out. a loose jersey, so when they grabbed Genius. it, it stretched out too deep. <laughs> yep. All right, Pat, we got to run. We will talk to you tomorrow, sir. See ya. All right, gentlemen. Thank you. All right, that's wrapping with Royce every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday here on Mackie and Judd. You can find Royce Unchained wherever you find podcasts: Apple, Spotify, ScoreNorth.com, and the Score North app. Every Monday with Judd. All right, boys, write that down. Predictions tomorrow. Bring the heat. Royal Rumble. Bachelor, I'm bringing Roro on then. Bachelor predictions Love it. To, the, to the table. Look at you that guys. Is. Love it. Look at you. We, we got to fire up one of these episodes maybe next week of Judd explains wrestling. That's right. You, oh yeah, you, I got to watch some of these. One of your I've, videos, got the, I've got yeah, I've got the whole list, and I've not watched one yet. Judd explains wrestling to Phil and Declan. Interprets it. Sure, whatever. I interpret. I can't explain it. <laughs> it's unexplainable to me, but I can interpret what I saw. I'm, uh, I'm very Thad Levine-like interpretation. We'll mix it in next week. We'll see you guys tomorrow. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup. So you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.